0: Welcome to part six in this seven part series. This is part six creativity. Where in this segment, we will discuss the aspects of creativity and using that pillar of creativity to really foster the natural essence of execution and coming up with creative ideas. What is creativity? so creativity is the creativity is the sixth pillar in which it's used to actually manifest these ideas and these thoughts into something into physical form so creativity in my in my definition is the execution of two or more ideas it's the process of taking these ideas and actually bringing them into reality whether you start to start filming or picking up the paintbrush or you start writing or recording, this is the act. Creativity is the act. Is the execution of a good idea or it could be the execution of a bad idea. But for sake in this podcast, in this series, we're going to talk about just the execution of a good idea or the execution of an idea overall. The idea doesn't need to be original or even your own to create. You can take an idea that's already been done by somebody else, that's been thought of by somebody else, and you can execute on it. You can begin to create it and, and really have that idea brought into light. It does not have to be something that you always have to do originally. It, hasn't had, it doesn't have to be a complete original thought or a completely original idea in order for it to be either valuable to someone or accepted by a tribe or a group. And that's something that a lot of people think is that, oh, well, I have this idea, but you know, somebody else has already done this. Well, they're not going to do it the way that you are going to do it. So it's okay just to go ahead and execute on that and not necessarily sit back and wait and hoping that someone else will the fear that someone else has already done it so that would take away your credibility and actually coming up and actually executing on the idea when that is actually yours. It's something that you can do. It's something that you don't have to have permission to do. It's something you can actually take the time to do it on your own. Or if it's something you're bringing out into the public, you can go ahead and schedule time to make sure that you're taking the deliberate time required to go ahead and make that happen. But the fact of the matter is If you don't execute the idea, you're not really creating anything. You're just imagining on what it could be. And all of your power lies in your ability to execute that idea. Execution is the name of the game. If you're not executing an idea in that point, it's really just, it's a fantasy. It's just something that will come and go and you're not really spending the time to actually make something that's going to be sustainable or making something at all that's going to be Reveled or at least experienced by someone aside from yourself. So executing is extremely important, and that's how I define creativity. Now, everybody's going to find it differently. Everyone's going to have a different way to to have creativity and express creativity in a different way, and have completely different meaning for creativity. And that's fine. There doesn't have to be just one definition for it. Um, you can always Google it. I have never bothered to Google what creativity is, but. I do know that it involves the execution of an idea, of one or more ideas, um, regardless of its place or system of origin. Even if you're following a set of guided steps or a recipe, I mean, that's still the act of creation. Even if you are looking at something that's already been done and you're following that step-by-step process, it might be a learning phase. It might be a step at which you're actually learning something and you're actually challenging yourself to create and get outside of that comfort zone and causing and taking the time to actually grow and actually model something that might be valuable. It's super important. It's really important actually to constantly create, to constantly make things, to constantly take something that may have been old and bring it anew, giving, giving something a new form giving something a new vision, a new perspective, a new angle, and using that angle to really manifest and express the capacity of that singular idea in the unique way that only you can do it. So like we had discussed before, even if two or more people, or if you have 10 people in a room, let's say you got 10 people in a room and you give them all the same project that you're having them, they're going to create an illustration based on a story of a bird. And you'll get 10 completely different ideas, even though you have all told them maybe the specifics of how you would want this represented on a very loose scale. It doesn't have to be too rigid. If you do that, you will get 10 completely different concepts for how this bird can be illustrated or how this how this experience can be shared or happening that's just the power of creativity every i believe that everybody is creative everyone has the creative capacity now you may not be an artist per se but i do believe that everyone has the ability to create being an artist is i think that's much more of a of a talent and a skill where creativity is something that everybody has the ability to execute now if you take someone who is naturally talented, like someone who's a natural artist, but they don't practice the execution, then their work will be mediocre. However, if you take that person who is an artist, who has that artistry in their nature, and they begin to practice, what I believe is that they will have the tendency to exceed expectations simply because of their desire. To keep going, to experiment, to try different things, and to create juxtapositions of different ideas from different sources and make unique combinations and then express them back out and repeating that process. It's just their nature that is just there's an intuitive hunger that they have to express and explore and learn and grow and to manifest these different perspectives of reality in the physical form. So that's what I think the unique ability of an artist and a creator. However, if you take someone who's not an artist, they might be an engineer, but they also have a tendency to tinker. They can create from that tinkering. They can create new processes or new ways that the machinery or the device could actually work simply because they're creating and they're exploring. Even if they're not an artist, they're still creating using the act of creativity to really explore something new and persist on. Having two people, one who's naturally creative and if they don't do the work, well, then there'll be mediocre. But if you take someone who's not necessarily an artist, but they keep creating, what will happen is that drive will surpass anyone who doesn't do the work. And that's just just a given. That's just a fact. That's not something, you can, I mean, you can debate it, but... If you don't do the work, if you don't take the time to do the work, you're not going to expand and express and, and stretch yourself as far as you could potentially go. Creativity has many ways to be interpreted. There just isn't one set of a single guideline and creativity itself has a birth and a death to it. And the birth phase is the original, the orientation, maybe the, the genesis. Maybe it's the inspired thought or that striking moment when words come into your mind, or maybe it's a moment of enlightenment where you become inspired to the point where you get into a vortex, sort of speak, of thought and of ideation and of imagination, becoming completely immersed into something that completely takes you away from the current reality facing your cognitive understanding. Which happens a lot that when you get a flood of ideas, somewhat of a hurricane or a storm, this brainstorm, essentially, where all of these thoughts begin to flood and all of these thoughts and all of these ideas begin to come to your imagination because there's just so many reference points, I would believe, to that that come flooding down into your mind and into your experience. And it's something that can keep, you can keep using, that you can keep focusing on. It just comes naturally. Sometimes you don't really have to focus on it at all. I mean, a lot of people have ideas that come to them when they're in the shower. When it comes to actually, you know, creating something, there isn't a single way to create something. It's always different roads and different paths you can take to get to the same destination. That's the great thing about it. That's the art of expression. That is the process of actually expressing something to the point where it's, it's completely unregulated by the way in which it's done. It's just, it's a unique path that you're using or it's a path combined with yours and someone else to take you to a specific spot. But it's the, the, that creativity, the creative experience, and it isn't an experience, it's the process of that experience it's going through the steps it's going through those motions that are required of you in order to get that it's the experience it's the feeling of it and it's the flow of it all so all of that combined all of that if you take all of that and you you deliberately take time to actually process that and actually live it and experience it and do it that is the art of Creation—that is the art of of really just expressing that idea in itself. And there's that birth, and then there's a death to an idea, or there's a death to creativity. And that's usually about the time where things are—you maybe you're finished with the creative process. You're finished on that spectrum, on that wavelength of actually finishing it up. And there's not really much more. You're wrapping up loose ends maybe you are getting all of the, getting the footage in the film, all that's been edited down and all the color correction and color processing has been done. And you're at that end phase where now you can actually either, you can have the opportunity to allow others to share in the experience of actually having that. So you've gone through the phase of coming up with the idea of actually creating it. And then the end phase of actually being done with the idea and you can, you can relax because your masterpiece is finished or that composition is finished or those shots have been printed or that song has been created and has been mixed and mastered. All of that that has been done, you can revel in the experience of it and just sit back and just enjoy the work that you've done and that you've actually put into it. Creativity may even be the expression of the soul. I mean, it, it, there's the idea of bringing something new into the world to be adorned, ridiculed, or vilified. It's taking and allowing yourself to really bring and put yourself and express parts of your feeling and of your ability out there on to the surface for others to see, for others to praise, and for other people to punish and it's not you that they're punishing it's the actual it's their perception of the work and you can't make them wrong about seeing the world the way that they choose to see it even though they would attempt to make you wrong for having the guts to even express something new which is especially in especially in today's world in a world where we actually have you know tons of outlets for creatives tons of outlets for people who even who even aren't quote unquote creatives but they still want to have something to you know to express or to share or to document or to record and actually have others a part of that experience of their lives so there is that aspect of putting something out there into the world and letting the world play with it even in that aspect of even in that regard of letting people play with it and letting them break it, and letting them enjoy it, and watching and seeing how people interact with it, even though you may have had an initial thought of how something would have been created, or at least the purpose of it, or an idea of how people may use it, there still may be that element where you put it out there. Maybe it's an app, or a website, or a tool, or a resource, and people began to use it in a way you didn't expect, because simply because they have a, their own way of interpreting it. And by sitting back and watching that and watching how they interact with it, or how they praise it, or how they enjoy it, or how they like it or might not like it, and you get to see them interacting with your work in real time. And you can either adjust to that and then make some tweaks or some changes, some renovations, some adjustments to the to the process or to the experience of it. and then you know, and then put it back out and then see how they react then or you could not make any adjustments at all and just filter themselves out for the people that actually want you want to experience it and just sit back and watch how they do it. Or even even using that opportunity to start over and doing something completely different simply because you've given them that space or you've taken that space and that time to watch to see what they're actually doing with it, how they're actually using it. The right brain, go ahead and kind of touch on, I want to touch real quick on this right brain, left brain. Right brain is usually the creative dominant to the feeling and what connects seamlessly unrelated ideas and events together. And it connects us to each other unconsciously relating on an aesthetic feeling of, of the living experience. That unconscious part that's happening, that primal instinct when you have these two hemispheres when you have the right hemisphere and you have the left hemisphere of the brain that right hemisphere that we have of the brain is primarily it's believed to be primarily used for creative purposes it's non verbal it's images that are being used when you're using that side of the brain for example you know when some people might have a stroke on on a certain part of their mind, maybe they had a stroke, and then it fit and fixed the right side of their body. Usually the left side will be paralyzed because, because of the way that our bodies are designed and they're set up, the left side of the brain is controlling the right side of the body. And then the right side of the brain is controlling the left side of the body. When we have that artistic aspect and when we're, when we're looking at something, when we are experiencing something through our eyes or through our thoughts or through our our, our senses, All of that's taken into both. That's typically taken into both sides. All of that taken to the both the right and the left hemisphere side. But what that has to do when it comes to being creative, when it has comes to using the right side of the brain, those are the things that usually control things like they influence emotion, seeing things like color, abstract forms, shapes, smells, movement. Where the left side is much more delegated to processing. It deals with facts. Specifically, not exactly abstract, but hardcore concrete facts It's also really good for dealing with numbers, reading, verbal linguistics, and pronunciation of words. And all of these, both sides act, they work together. You can't just be just working on the right brain or just be working on the left brain. They're, they're usually both running and having some form of contribution toward the experience that you're having on a day to day basis. Culturally, creativity is the valued confirmation by the and by the culture enough it can be adopted into it. Or it's something that self appropriated with no regard to the external approval of others. There are cultural creative norms that actually happen that we can experience where it's something that would be accepted or appropriated by the culture at hand and invited and welcomed because it's in regard to the culture that it's actually affecting versus so if you think of something like the Marvel movie, the Marvel Studios is just crushed right now, especially with the assets of having of Disney by using that by understanding we'll use that we will use that as a premise. So with for example, Marvel Studios has a specific selective audience or at least they thought they did. They will always, always have that core audience that will love every single Marvel movie that comes out simply because they love comic books that much. And they love the idea of actually seeing the things they read on the printed page onto the visual screen. And they will always have that fan base and they will always have people that are loyal. However, there is also another audience maybe not be in. They may not necessarily be into that specific genre of superhero movies, but they like movies in general. And they might go and see it, but they might not have the they might see it as a film and not necessarily how it actually ties back into the comic book culture. There's that twist on it where you have a hardcore die card fans, and then you have other people that simply appreciate a good film. One is specifically, I want to say that one is made for the other, because you have directors that just like making good films. And it just so happens that they might have the opportunity to make a film that's in that genre and simply because there's a lore that's already backing it. And then you have someone that's passionate about making films, period, just making a good quality film. What happens is magic usually has a tendency to happen because you having both supports on that side. So, um, so what does that have to do with, you know, this is a, a value confirmation that has to happen with the, the culture that has to be accepted. So if, it, if there isn't enough cultural backing on that project, it doesn't mean that it's bad but it may not be specifically relevant toward the culture that you're targeting, or you might've made something that might look good, but it might've been appropriated to the wrong audience and therefore may not have gotten the recognition that it probably actually could have deserved had you placed it within the realm of the correct fan base or audience. Or you could create something that's completely self-appropriated with no regard to the external approval of others at all, and you're creating art for art's sake. You're doing it for a selfish reason because you want to do it. You're doing it because you want to do it, and you believe in it, and you choosing to do it and express that simply because it's something that you enjoy doing, regardless, regardless of of the perception of others. I have a tendency to make up words, by the way, like regardless. So, so um, so so bear with me. I might have to do like a wiki of words that I'm that I'm coming up with. But the, the art for art's sake is also very, very important. you don't always have to create something and thinking wondering, well, I wonder if people are going to like it or not. You will have people that there's a fan base for everything there's always a there's a groupie for almost every single category. You can always find a groupie or find something that other people will be interested in and they will gladly share in the experience with you. They will gladly be a part of the culture they will gladly want to contribute, they will gladly want to know more and look forward to whatever other pieces of content that you're putting out. And that's perfectly fine. But if you can have the gull, and the desire and the will to create something that you're passionate about simply because you're passionate about it, you will always find an audience to support it, no matter how minute it might seem at that period of time that you're actually putting it out there or actually creating that new idea. Yeah. So don't, don't worry about whether people are going to like it or not. Um, but if you want to take into consideration how it might affect people, but based on the outcome that you want, you feel free to ask people, well, what do you think about this? Or what, how could it be better? Or what are some things I haven't considered? And even with those, you can, they will actually, you know, they'll answer and you might find ways to actually make what you're creating much more relevant to the people you're trying to impact and therefore creating a very a, a better experience simply because you've involved them into the process of that co-creation of experience, the co-creative experience, and it would make the overall system and the overall collaboration of the experience that you're trying to create among yourselves that much more juicy. Creativity is meant to enrich the lives of each other, of others or just our own in ways big and small making life more interesting and much more fulfilling that the life of making things much more interesting. We don't need art. We don't need creativity, but we like it simply because it makes the perception of the quality of our lives that much more enriching. And by making it more enriching, it makes it a little more tolerable when we can take the time to actually see something perplexing or inquisitive or awe-inspiring Either in ourselves or in the, in our immediate environment, in such a way that it causes us to pause. It sh- it halts us at attention. It grabs our attention, and it completely takes over our curiosity or the way that we had perceived the world, and completely flips it on its head to something that we may had not taken into consideration before. So that. That is that is the that's what's great about i guess art in general, both art and creativity and the imagination all of that gets created all of that gets brought into something that's universally you know it's 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 magical in a way it's magical in the way that it presents itself to someone to ourselves to each other that there is something much more than the mundane that we have a tendency to see things day to day and we can actually take that and use that into something that's complex or taking something that's complex and making it extremely simple for us to go ahead and digest. So there are some relative terms that are associated with creativity and these are talent and genius. The talent aspect, having talent is synonymous with being creative in a way that talent actually pushes creativity. If you are talented in certain aspects, maybe you're really good with in the kitchen and you just know how to bake and that's your thing. And you can bake everything. You can bake and you can stylize and you can make something or make all kinds of cakes and biscuits and treats. And I've seen all kinds of stuff where people with bakers would make objects like sculptures out of baking materials. they make these cake, like cake wars where they would have these materials where you would, they would just make these massive, insane looking like cakes for parties and bar mitzvahs and, and weddings. And that is a certain level of talent that is involved. But there's also another side to that called Genius. And the genius is a little bit more tricky where the genius, I think, is simply having the guts to go into unexplored territory or something that we have not necessarily gone or something that's not as traditional or as common as other common places other people have traveled. But someone has dared to venture into the unknown and make that real. And we would praise them as a hero. We would delight in their their guts and their courage and their confidence to go in a direction that no one else has actually dared to do simply because they have just the desire to go there and to to go forthright into the unknown, into the abyss and actually see what is there and actually bring that back out for us to experience and to share. And so we praise that a lot for people who are extremely adventurous like Elon Musk is currently working on the SpaceX program, and he's had breakthroughs along the way. There's a lot of things that he's actually been able to do by simply taking on this challenge. There are other things that actually have come into reality. We'll say other processes and other things that he actually has created along the way with trying to get to the moon. And for example, having a rocket land vertically. And so the rockets, the launch rockets that are taking that uh, the shuttle into to get it to break that atmospheric barrier without burning up too much fuel, he's actually found a way to get the rockets to break off rather than simply crashing into the ocean. He's found a way to get them to land vertically. So it would increase the chances of them actually being able to reuse those rockets. And that has come from his desire to simply create something new and really present something that's going to be, that can be used and repeated over a period of time as we began to venture more into space. For an idea to be accepted by the culture, it has to go through three truths. Now, this isn't set in stone, so don't react in Kendo, that's wrong. That's stupid. That's doesn't make any sense. Yeah, whatever. So this is just an interpretation of these truths. One, the idea must be in terms that are understandable to others. If there is a term that's being created and people can't understand it, like they can't necessarily adapt to it outside of the art world. Um, art world is completely different. That function's different. It has completely different rules and systems and value quants that they're using to kind of trade capital for assets, that assets being a painting. But outside of that, there is it, the idea has to be usually understandable in a way that it can relate to a specific audience. And it's much better to go specific than it is to go general. Because the more specific that you get, rather than just going general with your design or your idea or your piece of artwork or your music, then the better chance you have of speaking to one person. And the highest chance that you'll actually have of actually reaching that one person that you're trying to reach with your artistry, with your creativity, or with that design or idea. So simply by focusing that into that For that, so that one person and using that idea and describing it in a way that someone that that individual can understand, they'll have a better way of communicating that idea to other people and actually spreading and sharing that idea. The more people that understand it, the more people that it can be shared and co experienced within. So that's a huge advantage. It's going to be a big advantage to you by actually having something that other people can relate to because if no one can relate to it, then it's going to be extremely difficult for that idea to spread. The more adaptable it is, the more other people can relate to it, the much easier time you'll actually have of actually having that idea spread along. Two, it must pass examination to the experts, that's in quotes, in the field. Now, who are the experts? which is a really good question. Who is the expert in any given field? And what do they have? What authority do they have over your design or ideas and over your creations? Because you can hop on Behance, Behance.com, and you can go and you can sort through ideas. You can see things that have won awards. And some things may not necessarily make sense. It might look good, but it might not make any tactile sense as to you know why certain shapes or color combinations were chosen, or you may have just have an assortment of shapes for a makeup line. It's like, how does this actually tie into it? I get it. Yeah, there's shapes, but what does this have to do with the audience? Is it just being creative with the makeup that you're applying? Is that what it's implying? Is it implying that the flexibility to to be creative with the makeup in any way that you show choose, that you can use shapes as a general overall ambiance for the representation of the expression? That's possible. Now, I just made that up it's possible that, that would it, that's what it could easily represent. Having that clear understanding and, and having, having it pass the examination of the experts, that the experts, I mean, they're normal people just like you and me. I mean, they, an expert has an opinion on something. And even though they don't share your opinion on it, it doesn't mean that they're right simply because they're a quote-unquote expert. It's their opinion. And if they don't like something, that's completely up to them. But it doesn't make it wrong And does it make you not as good or as your artwork as effective simply because an expert said that it wasn't? There's a great story by this this violinist named Lindsey Stirling. And Lindsey Stirling is, she was a violinist and she was on America's Got Talent. And she wanted to, she was good at the violin But what she wanted to do, was she wanted to make it much more theatrical rather than just standing on stage and just playing the violin, even though she was talented, what she wanted to do was incorporate dance and theater into the experience. So that would involve her jumping around and moving and spinning. And she was missing lots of notes, but the audience didn't care. The audience thought it was a great performance because they were immersed in the experience of it. They liked the idea of it and... Some, a lot of, I can't remember the names of the panel who was there. I do know that Osborne's wife was one of the, uh, the panelists, but anyhow, so they basically told her that, okay, we like your idea. We like your look. We like what you're going for, but you're never going to fill up a Las Vegas theater. I mean, you're just not good enough. And you know, they were harsh on, you know, they were, they were panelists. So of course they're going to be harsh on her and the crowd booed because they completely disagreed with the panel and they thought that she was good enough. So she didn't make it. So she decided, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to figure out what my, where my audience is. And I'm just going to keep creating things for them. And so she did. And she kept creating content. And then other people, other content creators, other people who were um, who were making videos, they said, hey, let's make a video out of one of your songs. And so she started making videos and they started getting like millions of views millions of views and of course when you start getting millions of views on a video for a performance and you decide hey i want to go i want to i want to do this live how do you think it's going to translate into ticket sales she blew up and ended up reaching her dream and ended up filling up a Las Vegas theater because of her passion, her desire to go against the grain, so to speak. And I know that's probably completely contrary to what I said for it must pass examinations to the experts of the field. So basically, I mean, who are the, who are the experts? Is it the people who are sitting on a panel or is it the people who are actually paying you because of the value that you provide them? I think the experts is much more in the eyes of the audience In terms of where they're voting with their feet and their money, more than it is someone's opinion of you or your work. And number three, it must include the cultural domain to which it belongs. So it has to be relevant. This really boils down to relevancy. Are you creating something that's relevant to the audience that you're trying to reach? If you're a rapper and you decide to partner up with a country guy, don't be surprised if you're not exactly going to hit the top charts with within the domain of other rappers. It might be like, Hey, yeah, cool. This is a great experiment. That was a great project. Cool. After that, I mean, you're probably not going to, it's probably not going to stick. So you want to make sure that, that you, what you're doing is relevant to your audience. So if in fact that you are a photographer and you're deciding to shoot things on cosplay, market it to people who are in cosplay, share it with people who are into cosplay. You can share it with, you know, general fans of people who just simply like seeing really cool artwork on Facebook, that's fine. But by sending something, especially with being, things like pop culture, that's also another thing that people are into just in general. So that's kind of a, a broader spectrum and you have a lot more leeway when you're dealing with pop culture or photography. Having something that's, that's catered and that's catered to a specific audience will help you simply because you are not simply trying to do a broad shotgun reach and you can really narrow it down and actually target someone specifically and an audience specifically. You'll have a style. Your style will always come through in the work that you do no matter what. So if you choose to change subjects, there will be a consistent style or theme or way of actually seeing or specific Um, camera angle or specific shot or specific way of lighting or specific colors or textures or maybe even the layout, the composition of the elements in the subject in your piece, that there will be a common theme that people will subconsciously pick up on like, oh yeah, you know, um, Robert did this. So they'll be able to see that. And that's, I mean, that's greatly important. That's also can tie in with, you know, the cultural domain. So Creativity. I mean, it can be up for complete um, interpretation. There isn't always just one solid definition for something creative, or you know what creativity means, or what's considered creative and what's not considered creative. So those uh, truths are obviously subjective. But usually, there has to be a tendency for something to blow up. It usually, um, it usually does go through those those three paradigms of, you know, being understandable, being accepted specifically by the experts. And when I say experts, I actually do mean like the audience and then including the, the cultural domain to which that it's involved in. Rapid experimentation is an avenue for creative expression and plays a part in delivery of ideas. It's, it's really boils down to a lot of rapid experimentation fast-paced, doing as many things as you possibly can, um, variations, ideations, um, and just even forms of applications, like how many subjects can this idea be applied to that's relevant to the culture itself? And that's those are really good tactics, really good strategies you can play to really kind of stretch your imagination when you are being creative and when you are coming up with different ideas is it's not just coming up with the idea, but it's like how many ways can this idea be applied to completely different or associated things within the realm of its audience that the audience can relate to. So, if you're doing, um, if you're creating a logo for, we'll say, a motorcycle company, how would it look on on leather jackets? How would it look embroidered? How would it look on um, on boots? How, would it, how does it look on bandanas? How does it look on, on a keychain? How would it look on a website? Um, how would it look on a coffee mug? How would it look on a beer koozie? Like these are all sunglasses. Like these are all things that will that'll be relevant. How does it look on metal? Like if it were to be printed on a custom printed on the metal or customly shaped and die cut um, on, on a specific piece of metal for the parts of, of the bike, you know, that those are things to take into consideration because that's respecting the audience, that's respecting the, the perspective of the audience and what they actually like and actually taking into consideration what they believe in and, you know, and applying that. So, and then that would, that ties back into the culturation and actually um, maturing the idea out into something that's much more tangible and relatable to the audience that you're trying to reach and that can go for anything. It doesn't have to be for, you know, graphic design. It can be for product. So if your product, for example, is you are creating, let's say you're making, um, we'll say lamps, right? So you are, um, you're an industrial designer, an industrial designer, and you decided you want to go ahead and make lamps. You know, how does this lamp look in various rooms? How does this lamp look with various types of shades, um and colors and textures, and you know by placing it in different scenarios within lifestyle shots, how do these actually look um when they are being played within a scene? so all of that can be that is the process of you know just rapid, really, really fast paced just flying by the seat of your pants and just kind of just going at it with ideas and obviously, you know, if you've done the research or if you already have you know, a background in that industry, which is still research, you already, you would already have something you can actually placate to simply because you have a foundation based on your experience. The key is to be expressive and act, act, act. Creativity can be simple tasks, but the more persuasive ideas, are the ones that are created, refined and created again and again. The ideas that are constantly being stretched so the ideas that are constantly being explored, the ideas that are constantly being refined and figuring little ways to be made better. Those are the ideas that will have much more sustainability and believability simply because of the maturity level that has grown from a single seed into a wild, a large oak tree. It's the process of refinement and distillment and just persevering and just being patient to explore different ideas and don't be a rush to necessarily get to a finish line immediately, especially if you have time to kind of mature and develop ideas a little, a little bit more. And you'll find that the more you do it, you it may not necessarily, quote unquote, get easier, but you'll start thinking of all these different junctions that you can actually uh, jump off to And uh, partly off to because of the the momentum that you're actually building up with cross pollinating these different ideas all together. Just take time, take time and practice and create and execute and create and refine, and you'll actually see yourself getting better. You'll find yourself having more ideas. You'll find yourself getting less flustered. You'll find that the stream of consciousness will come much more powerfully than it had before. And by spending time out, either whether it's shooting or baking or cooking, um, or, you know, piecing things together that you'll, that you will naturally, you'll have a natural system, you'll have a natural flow and you can actually just spawn off into all kinds of different things that you could not have initially conceived upon the initial creation of that idea. So that's it for part six creativity, stay tuned for part seven, where we touch on vitality. You can't come up with an idea and you can't work really hard if you're sick and tired all the time. So in the next segment, we're going to go over the final chapter vitality, where we discuss ways to actually boost your physical and mental capacity so that you can actually have the energy and have the spirit to create and really explore and revive yourself in the final part, of revival bringing everything into totality so that you can be completely revived and have the tools that you would need have the energy that you would need and the vitality and the spirit and the drive that you would need to persevere into your journey thank you